Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, y'all, and I'm JJ. And today we've got some <laughs> guests that we're very excited to share with you, the host of another really awesome podcast that delves into the supernatural and paranormal and spirits. We've got the two hosts of the Ghosty Girls with us. Hey, guys. And I'm super jealous. You guys have, like, cool avatars of you that to promote your podcast like we don't have any of that well you can have one too we'll hook you up oh thank you that would be awesome <laughs> well let's introduce you guys so we have jess and anna do you guys want to give yourselves kind of a little brief introduction to our audience of who you are hey guys i'm jess one of the ghosty girls and started off this podcast with my bestie anna because we both have had paranormal experiences and both have this gift to be able to see and feel spirits and just based on our childhood experiences and feeling the way we did kind of growing up not having anyone to relate to we thought it would be awesome to share this with people and see if we can help people and share our stories and yeah so we're really excited to be here. Yeah, what you guys remind me of is like, if my favorite murder like also killed people and talked about it along with the stories they told, <laughs> that would be your podcast. Like, and I think it's because like on that podcast, like they're best friends too, or at least that's kind of the vibe you get. And when I listen to your podcast, I get that same, I mean, like you guys said, your best friends, you get that same rapport, same energy, and it makes the stories and encounters, I feel like just that much more fun. That's yeah, and the highest to, compliment. <laughs> yes, right? I was going to say the same thing. And it's kind of fun, too, doing this with Jess because we just have that natural flow. We'll usually, like, we'll write out a script and try to stick to it a little bit, but our banter just kind of takes over and do, goes a whole different direction. So it's, it's awesome to have that rapport with her and be able to just uh, kind of wing it on most of them. Yeah, our format is just like, hey, hey, uh, a guest, take this. We'll go along <laughs> yeah. with you. We <laughs> lean very heavy on the guests on our <laughs> That's kind of how it started off was a joke. We were having a conversation about spirits and our experiences, and we were just going, and we were cracking ourselves up, and we're like, this would be so funny if people could hear us. And then I'm like, yeah, let's start a podcast. And then it just was like, okay, let's do it. 
So I was really curious as I was listening to some of your episodes, how the two of you met, because, you know, it seemed like, you know, it, you guys would talk about on the podcast, how you really both felt kind of isolated until you had met each other and, and, you know, found someone who also had this gift. So was that kind of what brought you together or did you meet in, you know, just kind of normal circumstances? You know, it was really weird. We were introduced by a mutual friend. And when we kind of met at first, we had just like the normal kind of, hey, how are you kind of conversation. And it takes a lot for me to kind of connect and open up with a person. And right away, I was like, there's something about her. Like, I like her. And so the next couple times we ran into each other, we just kept talking. And finally, it was like, okay, like, I think she could be my friend. Like, this girl's cool. Did you know at the time that both of you had this thing in common or? Had the shining? Yeah. The shining. No. <laughs> no, we had no idea. We yeah. kind of started talking about, Anna brought it up to me. And I could tell she was like a little nervous. But we started talking I, I about- I don't make friends, like, <laughs> just like Jess, like, I am, leave me alone, I'm good by myself, <laughs> it's really hard to open up to people, so when, when I started talking with her, I'm like, okay, she's a cool friend, but I don't want to, like, be friends, friends with her, because I don't want to, like, have friends, <laughs> I know this one's horrible. a lot. <laughs> like she said, it just, it was like this natural, just bond, I don't know, it's, you couldn't really- Say no. I mean, look at her little face. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of talked about our childhood experiences. And she's like, you've seen ghosts? I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like telling her stories. I wasn't shy about telling her. So she started telling me her experiences. And then it just kind of developed into this conversation where she's like, well, I still see things. And I'm like, me too. And then it was like, we were bonded. And that's what I find so fascinating because so many of our ghosts, not our ghosts, Jesus, our guest, our ghost guest, most of their experiences are like when they were children or, you know, like mm -hmm. young adults. And you guys are still having these experiences. What has that been like to kind of carry that throughout your whole life? It changed dramatically when I met Jess. Like I talk about on the podcast growing up, I grew up in a very religious household and that was something that was not to be talked about. It was evil if you could see or feel or hear things. So I was like in a place where I couldn't even talk about it. So I would see things and just have to keep them to myself. But now that I'm older and have somebody to bounce it off of, I'm able to really grow that gift and take the time to understand it and experience it and learn it. And it feels kind of weird because you hear about these people who have this gift and they've kind of matured along with it as they've grown up. And I didn't have that opportunity. So here I am, you know, in my thirties and I'm trying to grow the gift and, and finally learn it. So for me, it was, it was a big change having someone to finally talk to about it. Yeah, I would say the same. I think I grew up being really afraid of all the things that I was seeing because I didn't understand why was I always scared all the time? Why were these things always in my room? And, you know, my parents, of course, like every parent are like, it's okay, it's nothing, it's go back to sleep. So I just wrote it off. And then, you know, things would happen in my teen years. And then it was like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't as afraid. And as an adult, you know, now that I have kids, it's a little trickier. Now it does, you know, it 
was starting to worry me. And then once Anna and I became friends, it was like, okay, now we can figure out how to navigate this. How can I feel for when they're good, when they're not, and get them out of my house when they need to go. So. Yeah. Have you ever had any um, instances where you felt like uh, anyone in your family was being endangered by one of these spirits? I have for sure. My oldest son, he suffers with depression. And I noticed when he was living here, spirits when they come in, the negative ones would tend to go for him and and tend to stick with him and just weigh him down. We got to the point where it was pretty scary in our house with him mentally. Um, So I know that that was part of an issue so just doing our best to try to keep the house clear and you know try to get him out and with the family and keep him motivated but definitely spiritual influence with that I would agree I would say physically no I've never been afraid physically of anything but mentally yes the mental influence the depression the anger that I have noticed and experienced so I know you guys see things and hear things uh, from what I've heard on your podcast, but can you, for our audience that uh, maybe hasn't had an opportunity yet to check out the Ghosty Girls podcast, can you describe what it is like for each of you to be around an apparition? Because I know like from what we've heard from a lot of guests, a lot of people experience it different, you know, there's always some similarities, but like, do you see a full fledged ghost is it gray is it fuzzy you know does it do pottery like what what do you how do you experience it (laughs) they have never done pottery for me ever it's so disappointing I'm always waiting like you said for everyone it's different and it's definitely different for even between Anna and I I have seen them full-on with my own eyes and their appearance varies I've seen just shadow smoky black shadow. I've seen like a light, smoky, white light. Uh, And then how we always describe it is in my mind's eye kind of images. And those are what I would say more often I would see. And I know that's how Anna usually sees them, right? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's same thing. Like I'll see shadows when they start lurking around. Um, but usually I don't see them full on when I see them full on. I know it's probably a pretty strong spirit and they're wanting to be seen. Um, but mostly like, it's almost like when they're talking to me, it's like a memory that I've had. like, I'm remembering certain aspects or I'm I'm remembering what I've gone through, but it's not me. It's really hard to describe, but I can kind of get a story from them, uh, through, seeing them in my mind. Um, I can usually tell what they look like, how old they are, and then that's how they give me information as well. They'll give me images of stuff that I've seen, and I've got to try to figure out what they're telling me because it doesn't always mean what they show me. Like, I might see a purple heart, and, you know, it can mean military. So, just, I have to try to figure out what they're trying to tell me at that point and that's where it gets really nerve-wracking for me especially when I'm trying to give a message to somebody because I don't want to be wrong Um, I don't want to make them feel like I'm making it up but I really have to try to determine in my head what is it they're trying to tell me and then just hope that they can connect with that. So Anna, do you feel like you are a medium? Because that sounds a lot like some of the mediums we've had on is they'll see like flashes of images and they have to kind of decipher what that means. 
To some point, I wouldn't disagree with that. There's only been probably three or four instances where I've gotten a message I've had to give to somebody and that spirit just will not let up until I say something, but it makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of not new to it, but new to figuring it out. So I'm still nervous to talk to people and explore that. I think, you know, just as we talk about in our podcast, um, you don't want to be labeled a fake or a fraud or, you know, you just, you have to try to get a message out and, and give it the best you can and just hope they're open to receiving it. And yeah. I think we have said, like, we don't really like to label ourselves. So we don't want to say like, oh, we're this, yes. we're that. It comes to us when it comes to us. And we really have no control over it. If we're meant to get this message, we're going to get it. And if we're not, we're not. Like, there's no forcing it. Yeah. People are like, can you, can you tell me if there's a spirit? And beside me and what do they want and it's like it doesn't work that way I can't just turn it on okay but if there is one that you see beside us just you know <laughs> feel free to let us know for sure <laughs> so um, have you guys ever been together and both seen the same entity or heard from the same entity multiple times all the time so weird that's yeah. what's so interesting and one of the things that really bonded us together was we realized when we were together, our gift was so much stronger. We would be sitting, talking, and all of a sudden I would feel something and she would see something and we would both immediately, did you just feel that? And she would start getting things and it, it's crazy, but it happens every time we're together. Yeah, just the other day, remember we talked about that on our podcast, we're standing in the same room, and we've both kind of felt the energy shift, like you can just tell when something's there, and she reached up, and she was like scratching her chest, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why is she scratching my itch? Like it just, it was hilarious, because I had had the same feeling on my chest, and I was just getting ready to go up and scratch, and she had done that. And then, you know, she had walked over and um, she went to grab her arm and I grabbed my arm at the same time. Like, it's just weird how this, these spirits will play off each other and play off us when we're together. It's like the, the energy in the room just explodes. It does. We'll always be like, oh, we've been together for too long because now they know we're here. Like, <laughs> we gotta go. Do you guys feel like any of your children have been touched? Like with the, like, do they have ghost experiences too, or did it skip them? Yes, for sure. My oldest son um, does. And we talk about this on the podcast quite a bit. Whenever there is a spirit or an entity that kind of comes through our house, which happens quite often, it always seems to stop off in his room. And so he will always see things uh, standing at the foot of his bed or, you know, he's seen things leaning over him. He's actually had family members that have passed visit him. So it's surprisingly a strong gift in him. I don't remember it being like that for me at that age, but I think the benefit is that he has me to bounce things off of and I didn't have that. So we can kind of keep that open dialogue and it's been really helpful. Wow. It's, it's kind of funny, you know, that when it's casual conversation at dinner, like, oh yeah, there was a shadow <laughs> standing outside my room in the hallway last night. What like, did it want? <laughs> so I hope he like, um, when he gets to the age where he's having friends over for dinner and stuff, that that's like something that comes up that would 
I just imagine like remembering back to all those like weird childhood dinners where you're at your friend's family's house. Right. And, like this is what other families do, and like, yeah, I want. That sounds like a that. great pilot for a show. Just like, <laughs> right. yeah, just be like, shut up, mom. Yeah, we will be the weird family for sure. <laughs> wow. The cool family. I'll be like stopping them at the door. Like, what did you bring with you? Yeah. Again, let's make sure there's no attachments. <laughs> <laughs> sage stick in hand yeah i have um well listening to your podcast i noticed you guys have a really interesting theory um and I'm, I'm wondering what other kind of theories you have about the supernatural but you were talking about when you see children ghosts how they're like almost never actually children and i was wondering if you could kind of explain that like what that means i think what we were trying to say is in our experience when encountering children yeah. They're usually something else trying yeah. to show you that it's a child, to show you that they're non-threatening and it's okay to kind of allow you to put your guard down. Mm-hmm. So it's like baby mom. Mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually oh. had one in our house. And uh, it's a story we shared. My husband does not feel, see, hear anything. So... When he comes to me and says, did you hear that? I'm like, oh crap, now we have a problem. He was hearing mommy called through the house. And, you know, my kids were in the living room. Like, there's no way that it could have been them calling. And so I'm standing at the front door. There's um, a walkway and there's a mirror and I'm doing my makeup. And I see, like, with my eyes, which I usually don't, like a kid run behind me and I felt him push up against me. And so I'm yelling to the left of me down the hall, stop running, right? And my kids call out from the right of me in the living room, we're not running. And I knew instantly, like chills went through me. I knew it was a spirit. Um, I went down there and it was a very cute little boy. Like in my head, I could see had blonde hair, light skin, just really gentle. But you could feel like under that persona of what it was showing me there was the energy was off it was not a kid and so I immediately went into oh my god it's a demon what are we gonna do and so I called my husband and we took care of it that is the spookiest is when you when you start to see that kid or feel that kid energy I always stop and reevaluate because it's it's usually never a kid yeah yeah, I mean, it makes me think of like, you know, those kids in The Shining, the twins and everything. And how, I, mean, I feel like that's a thing we see in horror movies a lot is like yeah. Yeah. little childlike spirits that are th- so creepy. Because kids yeah. are kid spirits. That's creepy, right? Yeah, like you for sure. Hear kids laughing or talking down the hall and you're like, oh, hell no. Yeah, we recently had a guest that. on Mackie who described seeing black-eyed children have you guys heard that so freaky yes and i listened to that episode and i was like yes um and that made me think of it too is like they are always mimicking kids because they're like take pity on me feel bad for me and once they can kind of manipulate you that's our theory anyway yeah i went down a youtube reddit not a youtube reddit a youtube uh rabbit hole on um black-eyed kids and like just the 
images people were posting like it was super i mean i know they're just like most of it was just like artwork or stuff pulled from movies or whatever but i mean it's creepy like just the idea because you would you would get super sucked into seeing a kid what do you guys do if you get to a point where you don't feel safe with these entities and stuff honestly for me i think i rely a lot on my faith to just pray and like try to feel it out. What is it? Can I get it out of here? And just pray, try to cleanse the house. That's yeah. really all you can do. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of depends on where you're at. It's, if you're in your house, you have to deal with it. You can't just walk away. You know, if you're somewhere else, you can kind of be like, okay, I'm done, put my wall up, walk away. But in your house, you don't have that option. You got to kind of buckle down and be in for the ride and, and get ready to get it out. And do both of you kind of a, approach it from the same like faith perspective, which I'm assuming is uh, Christianity? Yeah. Yes, we do. And I think that's part of the reason why that kind of makes us a little different from other, you know, paranormal podcasts as well is that we do have that aspect of that faith and that belief in God. Anna grew up, obviously, as she mentioned, in a religious background. I didn't. And it was going through these experiences and having an experience with a demon in our house that actually really helped to instill that faith in me because I felt like, okay, I have nowhere else to turn and I don't have any way to take care of this. I can't do this on my own. And so that's what led me, led me there. Can you tell us a little bit about that demon that was in your house? Yeah, this experience spanned uh, about a year's time. It started one day we had a birthday party for my oldest son and we were having all our family come over. And so my brother and his kids and his wife were coming into the house and I hear my nephew run in and he runs through out into the backyard. And so I'm expecting I'm going to see my brother come in next and I'm in the kitchen and all of a sudden I see this huge tall shadow. My brother's six foot. So that's like, oh, okay, that's probably him. Go straight down the hallway. I'm like, I guess he's going to the bathroom. So I call out to him and I'm like, hey, you didn't even say hi to me and nothing. I'm like, what the hell? So I walk down, look down the hallway and all the doors are open. All right. Walk down to the bathroom. No one's in there. I'm like, okay, that's weird because I know that I just saw him walk past and I turn around facing the front door and my brother and sister-in-law are walking in and I'm like, what the F just happened? <laughs> so then I tell them, you know, and I'm like, you guys will not believe the weirdest thing just happened. I just saw the shadow, blah, blah, blah. And my sister-in-law jokes. So what did you bring into your house? You know, and that was that. And so the next couple of months go by and just things in the house are not great. We're having a lot of like sickness. Um, my oldest son gets really sick and we spend about six months trying to figure out with doctors, like what is going on with him. Very like stressful, just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a black cloud inside the house, you know, um, very chaotic. And during this time I'm seeing shadows and just feeling kind of a sense of dread all the time in the house. And at this point, I hadn't even brought this up to Anna. So we, we were not talking about what was going on in my house at this point. Eventually, I started seeing the shadows stand at my door every single night while I was trying to sleep. And so it would did this for probably about three weeks. I just could not sleep at all. 
And I thought, all right, I'm going to say something to my husband. So I pull him aside. We like go down to the garage so our kids don't hear us talking. And I'm like, I got to tell you, I have been seeing this thing. I'm seeing it in the hallway, go into the kitchen. And when I see it walking, I keep thinking it's you, but you're not in there. And he's like, that's crazy. I've been seeing the same thing. And I thought it was you. But when I walk in the living room, you're sitting on the couch. And he's like, I thought I was going crazy. So at that point, my oldest son walks downstairs and he's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, nothing. You know, we don't want to tell him. We don't want to scare him. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so we end up telling him and he tells us that he's been seeing things in the morning before school. My grandmother would take him to school and in the morning before school, he would see things down the hall and he would think it was her and it wasn't. So I'm like, okay, something's for sure here. You know, we've all seen it. We, we all know something's here, something's going on. And at this point I talked to Anna and she's like, you know, what does it feel like? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell. It's just, it's something. She's like, okay, well, you've got to go through your house. Cause if you guys are all seeing it, you can't let it stay. So I'm like, all right. So I try to go through the house. And at this point, like, I don't have a strong sense of faith or anything. I'm just like, yeah, get out. You know, I've got the windows open and I'm doing the whole like cross in the corner of the doors. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, just get the hell out of here. Yelling at whatever this is to leave and reading some prayers off a piece of paper, you know? So I'm like, all right, this should do it. The following weekend, we watched a movie and we came to bed kind of late and I just had this sick feeling like this pit in my stomach. My husband falls asleep and I just, I could not fall asleep. I knew that there was something here and I knew it was waiting for me and it just terrified me. And so I, this is, sounds ridiculous. I'm going to describe to you what this looked like. It's going to sound like crazy. In my mind's eye, it comes into my room and it's like rolling around the floor and it's like taunting me. It almost looks like, I, I described it to Anna as a dancing elf. It looked like a dancing elf, like it was a jokester and it was baiting me. Like, you can't get up from your bed, you're too scared, like just all around me, all over the floor. And I was terrified. So I just tried not looking at it. I was trying just to watch TV. I knew it was there, but I had no idea what to do. My husband's asleep. Not that he would be able to see it or do anything about it anyway. And I'm like, shit. So I pretty much stayed up for most of the night while this little evil demon elf danced around the foot of my bed. And when I finally fell asleep, um, it came to me in my dreams, which... If you guys listen to the podcast, I talk about this quite a bit, but I have a lot of spirits and things that will come to me in my dreams. Um, and so in my dream, I was laying in my bed and its arm came up from the side of the bed and grabbed my arm and pulled me and it was pulling me down. And every time I was trying to turn my head to look at it, it like my vision would go blurry. I couldn't turn my head to see it full on. And so in my dream, I'm pulling my arm, pulling my arm, trying to pull it with my other arm to keep my, you know, my arm from going under the bed. And I just remember yelling at it, you have to come up to the light with me. 
And so I woke up from that dream and I had scratch marks on my arm and I was just covered in sweat. My heart was pounding and I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. So I tried to stay awake for as long as I could. And eventually around 6 a.m., I fell back asleep again. And this time I had a different dream that Anna and her husband came to my house and they were wearing these red shirts and they were holding this Bible and they could see this demon. And I'm like, it's right there. Do you see it? And she's like, yes. And she's smiling. And I'm like, why are you here in my house? And she's like, well, I knew you needed me. And so I'm like, okay. And then I wake up from that dream and I'm like, oh fuck. All right. I got to call her. That's what I have to do. Like, that's what that dream's telling me. So I endured two more nights of the demon, which did not let me sleep, um, which hopped over to Anna's house mm -hmm. as well. Uh, once, basically once we established the game plan that she was coming over to my house to help us get it out, it was pretty aggressive. Um, the dreams were the same it would try to grab me in my sleep for those two nights. And then Anna and her husband came and we kind of attacked it full force. And that was the first time that I had ever done anything like that or dealt with anything that strong before or seen anything like that. It was very intense. So when you say you attacked it, what kind of steps did you take to get the spirit out of your house? My husband and I both have background, just grew up religious. And so I just knew that for me, I usually, like an hour before I go through the house, I will usually play Christian music. I don't listen to it on a daily basis or ever, but I know that like the wording, the way it makes me feel empowers me. And it seems to, if the thing is evil, it disrupts it, throws it off its game. So it's much easier if I'm playing music and just kind of open the windows, just let everything be airy, play that for a while. But when we went to her house, this was kind of like a last minute, let's go, let's get this done. So my husband printed out scriptures and gave it to you know Jess and her husband and he was reading when I go through he's usually reading the scriptures out loud and I'm like trying to feel where this thing is um, and I will be able to go into that room feel where it's at and he will be reading the scriptures telling it to get out it can't be here you know in the name of Christ it has to leave and then I just kind of follow it around and I tell him what it's doing. Okay, you're pissing it off or okay, it's running to this room. And so I'm like the bloodhound. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow it around um, and kind of get the feel of, okay, what's, what's happening? Where's it going? What's it thinking? And then, you know, communicating that with the people around me. Okay, say that prayer again, or it's upsetting it. Do this, do that. And we're able to systematically go through the house. I usually start from the top of my house. I have three stories. So I'll start up there and we'll kind of chase it around the house until it gets to the point where it can't go anywhere else. And then at that point, you know, it usually gets really pissed off and it takes a, probably another 20 to 30 minutes just intensely trying to get it out and then it's gone. And then usually we don't have to worry about it ever again. Um, granted, there are things that 
continue to come in. But for her house, it was really weird. Um, I had never dealt with a spirit that could hop from house to house. So, you know, before I left my house, I was like, okay, we're going to go through my house and make sure that it can't come here while we're over there. So we did that. Um, at the final stage, we ended up in her son's room, the one that's really, you know, sensitive to this. And I felt it go under the house. And I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> what are we going to do? Crawl under the house? And so I'm like, open up the little hatch. I'm going in. The, the crawl space was in my oldest yeah. son's room. Oh, well. So I'm like, yeah. well, here we go. <laughs> Get under the house. So I crawl down under the house. And it was like this last ditch effort from this thing to try to scare me. Um, and it was like growling and moving around and just trying to scare the shit out of me, really. Um, and I was a little scared because I'd never come upon this before um and finally toward the end is like fuck this i'm out and it it just left and i was like okay <laughs> you kind of have that that was a little too easy feeling like what happened where did it go um but that that definitely was the most intense yeah. experience that i had had it double backed through rooms again yeah. after we had already cleared them. We cornered it in a room and both of us audibly heard it growl and we we're yeah. like, what? I mean, it was, it was very intense, especially the first time I was doing, dealing with that. Is there yeah. any, um, for those of us that don't get to see and hear these things, is there any like movie or TV show you would compare that experience to that you've seen like depicted in media? That's a tough one. I don't I think I've ever do seen research and get back to you, but <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I was just curious because the one we get a lot is like either Sixth Sense or Haunting on Hill House. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't say that. I didn't know that they could bounce around like that. Like I've never seen anything in a TV show or a movie that, you know, they jump from house to house. At one point, she was on the phone with me before we had gone through her house. And she's like, I'm really scared. This is going on. And all of a sudden, I felt it in my house. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. So I stand up and my husband's like, what are you doing? You know, um, it's, it's here. It's here. He's like, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, he felt, the guy that feels nothing, felt this cold spot right by me. And I move and I go to the other side of the room and this cold spot follows and he comes over and he's feeling it. And then I hear it growl and I'm like, oh my God, what is, how, how is this possible that this thing can jump between houses? It was just, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. I wouldn't want to go through that again. So is it safe to say that both of you believe in like exorcisms and things like that? I, defi I definitely yeah. do. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a... Uh... Super scary. Ugh. It is super scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's like a what's like a common Bible verse that you would say to get a ghost out of your house? For me, I open it up and just let it fall where it falls. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just usually at Psalms. I usually go through Psalms. For some reason, it opens there. I don't have like dedicated verses. Uh -huh. um, for the for the sake of going through her house, my husband kind of pulled some out um, that talked about Christ and you know he, that he was the true Christ and all that, so that it 
it kind of just proclaims of what we believe uh -huh. um, and that seemed to work, but I don't follow that all the time. I just kind of let the Lord lead of what I need to do. Do you ever get one and then you're like, huh, that was odd that I don't know, like this law in Leviticus, the ghost responded to that or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've never had that happen, but I will say I do the same thing. I had to go through my house this past weekend and I did the same thing. I just opened it up and I'm like, wherever it lays, that's what yeah. I'm going to read. So I think I would just have to quote like Pulp Fiction when Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Let me know how that works. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, we throw out a few, get the F's out of here. Yeah. And you know, we do say those as well. So yeah. I know one of you, well, both of you talked about having experiences at work. I can't remember if it was um, Jess, you or Anna, but you talked about you were at work and then one of your coworkers actually experienced a paranormal experience. What was that like having somebody kind of outside of your bubble uh, experience the supernatural in front of you? Yes, yeah, so that was me. That was Jess. It was weird. It was like, I was really excited and I didn't want to be like, this happens to me all the time. So I had to like <laughs> reel it in. I'm like, oh, that was really strange, right? They're like, yeah, that was weird. So, you know, I have some more ghost stories I could tell you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me get my notebook. <laughs> did you give them like your ghosty girls, like business card or did they know? I did you guys not. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, you know, maybe eventually one day. But it, it was really funny to have like those two worlds collide. Because mm -hmm. I'm normally when it happens to me at work, no one else notices. It, it is weird. Like I have a coworker who loves all things like horror. And she started telling me about these podcasts she was listening to. And she started kind of like getting around ours. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck, does she know that I do this? But like, I kept waiting. I was like, there's no way like there's and, and thankfully it never came up. I just I like recommended something like away from I was like, Oh, you should check this out. Whereas I had my boss like subscribe to us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like every episode. So. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's funny. Like my parents almost never ask how's the podcast going. I have to be like, hey guys, you know that podcast we were doing? Like we just got eighty thousand downloads, and they're like, oh the the ghost thing, and I'm like, yeah, the ghost thing, the ghost thing. Oh, see, my mom is like our biggest fan. She listens Aww. to every episode. She went like bought our T-shirt. She's like, she's all about it. So. I mean, we well, have her. That's better than JJ's brother hate listens to our podcast and we're bringing him on next week. So where we can like play clips and get them all riled up. So that I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> well, some of those uh, demonic stories you all have shared with us are really terrifying. And I'm wondering if you have stories too about uh, just like ghosts that you're like, I like being around this one. <laughs> like you kind of let in. Yeah. I mean, we talk, you know, we talk about that, that yeah, there are bad things that come with this and the scary things, but there's also really good things. And of course we don't talk about those as much. I would say just being able to feel someone familiar, someone that I know that has been really great before I really even knew about this gift and the extent to which I had it, I had a dream uh, where my husband's grandmother came to me in the dream 
And it was a really cool dream because she was bringing me this box, this little green box. And in the dream, she left it by the front doorstep. And I went to chase her and she turned and waved and just smiled and left this box there. And I had no idea what it was. And so I mentioned it to my husband, who was my boyfriend then. And um, two months later, he proposed to me and it was her ring. And the box that I had described was the ring box that her ring was in. So it was incredible just to know that she came to me, like to give me her blessing that sticks out as an awesome. And you had never seen that box before then, right? No, no, never. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. What about you, Anna? I would agree. There was, um, the first time I really felt a spirit come to me with a message, um, I was at work and she came out the, she was outside the window and, um, like, how do you, you're sitting in here with someone and I'm like, okay, maybe she's for this person, but how do I tell this person? Like, there's just a chick sitting outside my window, but she's dead. So like, I had spoken to this girl about it a little bit and, um, I kind of mentioned, Hey, do you, do you have any friends? Like, did they ever pass away when you were young? And she kind of blew it off as a no. So I let this spirit just kind of hang out. And she popped in and out over the next three years, probably. And what's weird is that I, my husband eventually met this woman at work. And she was really upset one day. And she was telling him that her daughter had passed. And it was the anniversary of her daughter's passing. And she was really upset. So my husband came home. And he was kind of telling me what had, she had said and what had happened that day. And this same girl from three years ago pops in. And I'm like, okay, so is she connected? Like, why is she here now? And so I'm like, okay, you have to go to work. And you have to like get a picture of this girl or find out her name or something. And so my husband goes and, you know, he finds this picture on this lady's desk, takes a picture and sends it to me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the girl. This is the girl that has been around me for three years. Like, how weird is that connection? I'm like, how are you going to tell her that I see her daughter? I mean, you can't just bring that up. But my fabulous husband figured out a way. Um, (laughs) And he kind of like gently broke it to her. And so I just started getting more information from this girl um, that I had never really gotten before. And I actually got to meet her mom and she brought through information. I was able to tell her mom, you know, specifics of what she looked like, how she passed, where she passed. I drew a picture of, you know, where she was laying, how it all played out. And it was dead on. And she popped back in over the next couple years or so but she was just a really friendly spirit to have around. She kind of gave me the courage to finally speak to people when I have a message. And so I liked having her around every now and then she'll pop in and just give me a reminder, but that's really a sweet spirit. And I don't mind having her around. This was an actual, a a spirit that looked like a child that was actually, uh, she was actually, she was 17. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She passed when she was young. So I um, got one of those fancy pandemic therapists and I was talking to my therapist today and I realized I'd never told her that uh, I have a fear of death and I feel like that informs decisions that I make. I had to stop saying it on the podcast because after editing like 20 episodes, I realized I was saying it every episode. But um, 
And my therapist was like, no, you never told me. So we started walking down that and she knows about the podcast and stuff. And she was like, my therapist literally suggested today that I should go stay in a haunted hotel by myself. No, she, she put it no fanfare. So not for the podcast, not for, you know, anything podcast related, because she said that if I can have a supernatural experience now that it would inform me that there is something after death. So I say all that to ask you to, since you have seen ghosts or spirits, even in some case demons, what are your beliefs of what happens when we die? You know, also as being like being Christians as well with like having these gifts, how does that all kind of come together for you? Well, first of all, if you want a haunted experience, the Gold Hill Hotel in Nevada, it's in Gold Hill. It's kind of like uh, Virginia City, Carson City, uh, the miner's cabin. If you go there, you'll have an experience. Okay. Post-pandemic, <laughs> count me in. <laughs> well, I just want to say that I also have a fear of dying. So we talk about this on the podcast. I'm always afraid that I'm gonna die in every situation and I'm um, the opposite I'm like if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen I'm gonna choke on a grape or I'm gonna get hit by a car like it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> that's why I keep her around <laughs> but um I will say that this has really helped me to recognize that I struggle with it because I have this fear of I'm going to lose control, you know, I don't want to die, I don't want to not have control, and then I have to, on the other hand, remember, okay, do you have control of anything in the first place? Mm. No. And so I have to fall back on, what do you believe? What do you believe happens when you die? Personally, I do believe there is heaven, that's where I will be, and, you know, things will be good for me after life on earth and I need to remember that but it's hard sometimes when you're neurotic and afraid of everything like I am like we all are <laughs> beyond I think if you you have paranormal experiences if you believe there's a paranormal you have to believe in an afterlife whether that's energy that you believe in I believe that there is a heaven um, I believe that if I trust in Christ then I'm going there so that fuels my care of death, I guess. I, granted, I'm scared of dying, but how I'm going to die. Um, I know that when I do pass, I've got it good. So I'm not, I'm not terrified of the afterlife. I'm scared of how I'm going to die. And, and not to play devil's advocate. Haha, ha, uh, dad joke. Sorry, I have a little baby now. So how do you marry that idea of heaven? Because um, I was raised uh, in the church as well, but how do you marry that with like everything you're seeing? Like, do you, what, how do you justify like the entities that you're seeing versus there being like a heaven and hell? You know, I think a lot of people have different opinions on this and obviously I don't know what the answer is. I, we're not going to know till we die. Right. So we're all just guessing, but Anna has a really great theory based on what she's felt. And to me, that seems the most plausible. Drawing me in as what theory? Yeah, I feel like Jess is just like, I'm not answering this. Uh, but Anna has a um, I'll be blunt. I'll just say Just as it. far as where spirits know um, when they die and what that so, feels like. Like, how do we know JJ is not going to be a dancing demon <laughs> elf, like after he dies, you know? No. 
Oh my gosh, you're getting visit me, JJ. No visits. <laughs> no, I'll visit someone probably more similar to me who's like, I don't think it's real. So <laughs> had a very Scrooge vibe when you said. <laughs> so just to make it short and sweet, keep it simple. You know, you grew up in the church. I'm sure you've heard. So Adam and Eve, right? So you have the devil. You have God. The devil fell. He was an angel. Um, I believe the angels that fell with him are the demons. I don't think that bad people become demons or anything like that. I think the angels that fell are the ones that, you know, we call demons. I think your belief in Christ, did he come? Did he die for you? Does he, um, do you have a relationship with him? That determines where you go. I do believe there's a heaven and hell. From, you know, my husband has a heavy background. So him not seeing these things, it's very hard for him to grasp why are there still spirits on earth if when you die, you go to heaven? And the only way I can describe to him is that the spirits that didn't have faith or didn't believe in God, afterlife, whatever, there's a difference in the feeling of the spirits. People that are damned or not going to make it to heaven, they have this very chaotic energy. They're scared. They're frustrated. They're the ones that get mad at you when they can't get that message through. And I believe they're here until, you know, the end times and Christ comes back. I think they're stuck here and that's what makes them frustrated and act out. And you, that's where you get the evil spirits or the bad spirits. The spirits that I've come in contact with that have had faith and were saved, they have a totally different feeling. They have all the memories, but they have no regrets. They know that life is short and it's okay. Whatever happened, happened, and it's it's all fine now. And they just have this light, airy, carefree feeling to them. So I can almost instantly differentiate, you know, what spirit is which just on their feeling. I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. It's just that we <laughs> haven't had a lot of guests on our podcast who are openly like, you know, I'm Christian and I use my faith to fight off these spirits or whatever. Um, so I did want to kind of, you know, jump into that. No, I appreciate bit, that. You know? yeah. yeah. It's what we stand on. I always joke when Anna will say like, you know how it is. It's like that they're in this, in this waiting area, you know, before they get to heaven. I'm like, Oh, it's like the waiting room, like in Beetlejuice. Right. You know, like they're all sitting in the waiting room. It's so weird that you said that because during her whole um, explanation, I just, all I could think was waiting room. And then you just, it's so strange. Honestly, I can't think of a worse hell than just being stuck in a waiting room. So I know. Same. I hate waiting. So. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Being stuck watching bad improv would be probably worse than I think the waiting room. <laughs> yes, that that would actually be worse. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've talked a lot about ghosts and you guys' relationship with the supernatural. How are you guys handling the pandemic? What's it been like? You know, are you are you guys making it out okay? How's the podcast been under these circumstances? I mean, how has it been for you guys? It was rough in the beginning. Actually, both of us were sick in the beginning of the pandemic. We don't know if we had COVID, but our we our symptoms <laughs> were pretty spot on. So yeah, I'll just leave and it we had that. spent how much time together, and we yeah. had near symptoms for two months. We were sick. Yeah, so we spent the first uh, month and a half just being confined to bed. And then, you know, our kids being home and just everything being the way it was, kind of just the state of chaos, it was really hard, especially because 
at that point, we had just really started the podcast in January. And so we're like, okay, do we keep doing this? And at that point, we were like, yes, we're going to do this because we need it for our own sanity. (laughs) Somebody needs it for their own entertainment. Someone's listening. So we just got to keep doing it. But I I think things are, are getting a little easier to handle. It's still hard. We still go a little crazy over here in our house, but we're trying. I'll be glad when it's all over, but it did kind of like, in an odd way, kind of revolutionize the way we do our podcast. You know, getting Zoom has been opening the door for having such a wide variety of guests onto our podcast. So that will be the only thing that I'm thankful for (laughs) from the pandemic. (laughs) I Uh, think Zoom is very thankful for the pandemic uh, because they're making out. Yeah. Zoom and Clorox are there <laughs> right now. I still can't find any like disinfectant spray. Like it's, it it's dries terrible. We've had you guys uh, for a while. And I appreciate your time. Before we get you out of here, I do want to give you guys an opportunity. If you can each share one episode that you would recommend our fans start with and maybe like a little short, you know, why you think they should listen to the episode. I would say the first one, energy versus impression, because it really starts off with the basics of how we feel things and what the difference is between what a spirit shows you and what a spirit makes you feel. Um, so it kind of just really lays it out of how our gift works and it kind of sets the scene for the rest of the podcast. All right. Well, that was going to be my answer. So (laughs) I would say probably the tools of the trade episode that we did, Um, it was really interesting to, for us to kind of look at the tools of the trade, the tools that we use ourselves, prayer and the tools that other people use when dealing with spirits and kind of their background and just really discuss the uses. And it was really eye opening. I bought a bunch of crystals afterwards and started using sage. So (laughs) I would say that's a really good episode to listen to. Awesome. Thank you all so much for uh, coming on to the podcast and, you know, sharing your experiences and your spirituality with us. We really appreciate you guys being so open and willing to talk. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a blast. And we are going to do something in October. Um, we got to figure out the date, but we're going to do like a Halloween special. So we'll get you guys that information once we kind of get all the deets and see if that's something you might be interested in. Awesome. That sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Ghosty Girls. You definitely want to hear what Jess and Anna have to say. They're, I mean, if, if, if you're listening to our podcast, you obviously like to hear people talk about their ghost stories. And so far, every episode I've listened to is jam-packed uh, with ghosty goodness. So don't sleep on this podcast, guys. Make sure you check it out. Oh, before we get you out of here, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm JJ Crable. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, no, JJ, you gotta let them say their names and then oh, you do woo. Do we get to do it? Yes, we're going we're going through. So it'll right go, in. JJ will go, then you two will go, and then we'll all woo at the end. I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. I'm Jess. I'm Anna. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 
every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler, with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.